You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group. American National Insurance, and Spiritless. Grilling season is here, and you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. If you listen to this podcast, you know I love a great founder story. That's why I love the story of Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. Three young women from Louisville, Kentucky, who had the idea for a healthier bourbon. Healthier in the sense it has no alcohol. So you can have an evening cocktail with no guilt and almost no calories. It is so delicious. I love to squeeze an orange slice, a couple of dashes of bitters, shake it with ice, and then strain it into a beautiful glass and just kick back. If you'd like to try a bottle of Spiritless, you can use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For The Podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Sarah Greaves Gabadon. People just want to get outside. They want to travel, and they're really not letting much stop them. Hi, everyone. Who is ready to talk summer travel and travel to the Caribbean? On today's episode is Jet Set Sarah, Sarah Greaves Gabadon, a travel journalist who specializes in the Caribbean, a self-proclaimed caravangelist who loves to discover all the beautiful nooks and crannies of the beautiful Caribbean islands. Her work has been in so many publications, you may have seen it, from travel and leisure to afar. If you have not heard of her, you've got to go back and listen to last week's podcast, which delves into her story and her why as we dine together in Anguilla at the gorgeous Sandy Island. As we hit the height of summer, 
I wanted to talk to her again about her post-pandemic travel and some of her future casting for the future of travel. It is a fun and engaging conversation with a -a one-of-a-kind. Please enjoy my conversation with Sarah Greaves Gabadon. Sarah, it is so great to see you. It has been quite some time since we were on the beaches of Anguilla together and sipping a beautiful rum punch with that spectacular view. And I have never interviewed anyone twice. And I've never oh. had someone on the podcast Ed, that was on the TV show, but I thought, oh, it, th- I, feel I thought, honored. well, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm just excited to talk to you about so many things. There were so many things we didn't talk about in the episode that I mm. wanted to unpack and I felt like was relevant right now. Here we are, summer 2022, as people think about travel and think about how they're going to plan their itineraries for the next year. I thought you mm-hmm. had, would have some valuable insight. But I'd love to hear what was the feedback, first of all, from the episode of To Dine For? And 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 what did people say when they watched that episode? Oh my goodness. It was I had such positive feedback. It was amazing. As as you said, you know, we we recorded that in January 21. Yes. Right? And yes, it we came did. out in, in like a year later in 2022. So I, I almost, you know how time is elastic during the pandemic. So I almost had kind of not forgotten it, but it wasn't at the forefront of my mind and then just to watch it myself was amazing because I really felt like you were able to take the viewers to Anguilla and really have them feel what it was like to be in the Caribbean half the stuff I said I have no memory of it coming out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) blame it on the rum punch no yeah right I have no recollection but I was like oh I I really sound, sound like I know what I'm talking about there but yeah I had great feedback and it's so funny every single time that show airs somewhere I get a whole bunch of new followers all in the same half an hour on Instagram. And I know, oh, my episode must have aired somewhere at some time on a PBS station. So thank you. It was a pleasure to be in the Caribbean with you and to share it with people. You know, I'll tell you the comments that I get from your episode. Everyone Mm -hmm. comments on your spirit, your energy, your happiness, your optimism. And it gets back to what I was saying about your use of beautiful colors in your life and on your Mm -hmm. social media uh, feed as sort of as branding, which I know is not, that sounds like it's it's more intentional. It comes from a place of authenticity because you just love color. But, you know, your your world and your career that you've created is a dream career, but it has come with a lot of hard work. And I know there's so much behind the scenes and I can even see it you're looking at me. I know because we've talked about it after mm. the interview. There's just so much people don't understand about being a travel influencer that is not all rum punch and sunshine, correct? Exactly. I mean, I want it to look that way because I want to inspire you to go everywhere I go, particularly the Caribbean. But no, there's a lot of hard work. And I always say to people, you know, if I'm not on vacation, it looks like I'm on vacation, but I'm not on vacation. There are deliverables, there are stories to write, (laughs) there's notes to be taken, there's people to interview, you know, there's rum punches to be drunk, but I take it for the team. (laughs) I love it. Where have you been? In the past, I'll say year, but I was thinking more six months because I do follow you on Instagram, that has surprised you and delighted you. Gosh, well, first of all, and I only know this number because I'm not a country counter, but I know this number because somebody interviewed me early this week and wanted to know how many times I had traveled since the pandemic started. So for people who don't know, I, I was grounded from March 2020 and I took my first trip again in 
November 2020 at Thanksgiving. And actually, when you and I met in January, that was only my third trip. Wow. Well, since then, I've taken 29 trips. Oh, my goodness. I, Have you really? Yeah, I cannot believe it. And if you'd asked me, I would never, I had to go back and count. I would never have thought it was that many because I thought, as many people in my industry did, well, you know, I'm not going to travel as often. I used to travel three times a month. And I thought, well, I definitely won't be traveling. And it'd be maximum twice a month. Not at all. Wow. As, you know, as um, vaccines and all of that have influenced people and people want to travel more, travel destinations, resorts are all trying to get journalists back out there. So, mm. as you know, the Caribbean is my beat. My longest flight <laughs> is three and a half hours. So I jump on a plane at the slightest provocation. Mm-hmm. But the th- I think the thing, I don't know that there's a place that surprised me most, but what has surprised me most is how travel just really, in the Caribbean anyway, has really bounced back. Mm. I mean, I have seen it on my first trips, there were very few people around. It was very quiet. But very, very quickly, I would say by the beginning of, definitely but the beginning of 2022 and probably mid-2021, places are actually crowded. Like I remember- People are back. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to St. Croix and people couldn't get rental cars and hotels were full, which was really surprising. And of course, now it's not surprising anymore as we look into spring and summer travel now. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But, you know, people just want to get outside. They want to travel and they're really not letting much stop them. Not not even the fact that it's much more expensive to do that now. I think people are just ready to go. It's interesting that you say you bring up the expense because inflation is real. There's no, mm-hmm. yeah. it's for real. And I have noticed, you know, I'm working on season five of To Dine For wow. on PBS and I've worked, you know, just working on the travel budget. It is, I would say twice the cost of both flights and hotels. Now keep That's in mind, really- I also was, the, the pandemic costs were much, much less because flights were slashed. However, right. I think people, if they haven't booked travel are going to be in for a rude awakening as to exactly how much it costs because it really is substantially yeah. higher. Oh yeah. And and you're going to have to plan earlier. You're going to have to buy your ticket earlier. My number one tip that I'm giving people right now is make sure when you do buy an air ticket that you pay the little extra to make it a fully refundable ticket mm. because you just don't know what can happen. Yes. You know, you can get sick. Someone gets sick. The regulations for entering a country changes or for entering our country, change, you know, anything can happen. Yes. So it really makes sense. I think have travel insurance for sure. And definitely if you can buy, afford the refundable ticket, buy the refundable ticket. That's a great advice. Also, if you can do the refundable hotel too, I think. Yes. Uh, Yes. Absolutely. So let's talk about your summer ahead. Where are you headed? What are you excited about? Ah, well, so uh, (laughs) my first trip is actually Saturday to very exciting Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! That's a travel destination for sure. You know, I was going to say I'm not going to diss it because actually Orlando is, I was reading a report recently and Orlando is the number one most popular place domestically that people are going to. I believe it. I know that the House of the Mouse is celebrating, I think it's, is it a hundred years or 50 years? They have a big I can't remember, but they have a big anniversary that are celebrating this year. So maybe that's why. But yeah, I'm going to Orlando, but that's for professional development. That's for a conference. But then um, ooh, right after that, the following week, I'm going to Aruba. Ah. I'm actually uh, researching a story on alternative places to stay in the Caribbean. So yes, when you go to the Caribbean, you can stay in a hotel, you can stay in a villa. But did you know that you could stay in a geodesic dome wow. in, on Vieques in Puerto Rico? 
or you can stay as I am on an airstream in the middle of the desert in Aruba. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you can camp on the beach. It's a beautiful luxury beach camp called Lotus Beach Camp in Antigua. I'm going there again for the same story. So that's exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, I always like to show different parts of the Caribbean that people don't know, you know, so everybody thinks Hotel Avila, but nobody thinks Airstream or Dome. Let's, Let's build on that because I think there's a really interesting debate about when you do travel, do you choose a hotel or do you choose an Airbnb? And it used mm. to be people chose the Airbnb because it was less expensive. And now that's not necessarily the case, depending on where you are. What are your thoughts? What is your A, what is your preference? I think I know the answer to this. And two, I'm sure you've written about this or spoken about this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of the duality of that. Well, my dirty little secret is that I have never stayed in an Airbnb. <laughs> Never. Now, let me just say, I am not anti-Airbnb at Mm -hmm. all. Not at all. I think it's a great way to, quote unquote, live like a local, particularly if you're in a city. I mean, I I think if I were going to Paris or somewhere, even New York City, I would Mm -hmm. would think about it. It's not that I don't want to. It's just that a lot of my trips are sponsored by other hotels or destinations and we don't end up there. Personally, though, I'm a bit of a hotel girl. I know you are. I like, you know... (laughs) I like the service. You like the cocktails like, and the service. I like and the cocktails. Yes, I like the hospitality. The I like all of that. You know, I love the touch part of the high touch industry yes. that hospitality is. I understand why you would want to do an Airbnb and have that independence, be in the center of things. But to me, a big part of travel is being welcomed by others and hosted by others and interacted with others, not just out in the street or doing what I'm doing, but actually where I'm staying too. Yes. So I think that I would... I think I would miss having a host yes. as an Airbnb. Although I'm sure it depends on the Airbnb that you know that you book, because I'm sure there's somewhere hosts live on site. For example, the, actually the airstream that I'm going to in Aruba is an Airbnb, and the host lives on the property, but obviously not in the airstream with you. But she lives in a house on the property. But yeah, so I guess you could combine both. But for my personal travel. No, you know, I like the, the towel, the fresh towels to magically come back and the, the sheets to be done every three days. You know, I have to say I like that. Well, you know, as Sorry. the mother of three little boys, seven, five and three, Ooh. a lot of families choose the Airbnb option because, you know, yes. to make breakfast, there's a lot of like mm-hmm. cost savings. But I'll tell you, you know, I, I cook basically three meals a day at home when I go on vacation even when when I take the children, I'd really like to be able to have breakfast made. Yeah. You know, it's those simple things. Yeah. It is. It, it really is, you know, part of the travel experience for me. Although I'm with you, I, I, I think there's a time and place for Airbnb. Yeah. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Grilling season is here, and you may be looking for the perfect wine pairing for your delicious summer cooking. The Federalist offers a lineup of American craft wines that are bold, full-bodied, and crafted with as much quality and character as the men they celebrate. Each bottle featuring audacious takes on traditional styles. The Federalist is the perfect companion to anything that you're grilling up tonight. You can use promo code TDF20 to get 20% off your first bottle at uncork.com. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. When you think about travel looking forward, what has changed the most dramatically? And what do you see as some travel trends that you can alert our listeners to? Mm. Well, let me start with the trends and think about the changes, right? So we have a trend that's kind of an opposite because we're seeing a lot of group travel, family reunions, mm. friends getting mm. together because they haven't been able to over the last couple of years. But also seeing a lot of solo travel. Because also mm. they're those people who've been trapped with their families for two years or their families for two years and really want to get out and really want to have some alone time. So I've been seeing trends at both ends of that spectrum. A lot of solo travel, to, I think, is revolving around going away to a spa, going away to a retreat. I even had a friend of mine say, I think I want to go to a silent retreat for a few days. <laughs> I've had so much. I've done so much talking over the last few years. I just want to go somewhere and be alone with my thoughts. So that's kind of radical. I love I'm not that. sure I would do that. But <laughs> No, you couldn't or, do that, Sarah. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. I would go crazy. Or uh, spas, right? And particularly destination spas, particularly that ties into another trend, which is just people being outside. So whether they're going to the mountains, whether they're going to the beach, whether they're going to the desert, people want to be outside in the mm. you know great wide open mm-hmm. and be able to social distance in a natural, organic way that mm-hmm. doesn't feel forced or like it's punishment you know we've all been inside a lot so everybody wants to get outside and I'm also seeing lots of people aiming at smaller hotels and boutique hotels Mm. and off the beaten path hotels particularly in the Caribbean 
there's always going to be a market for your big, you know, big brand box, big box resort and your all-inclusive resort. But I think in the Caribbean, now is a time for small hotels and boutique hotels to really shine mm. because they can offer intimacy. They can offer space. There are no crowds. You feel hosted and welcomed by someone with whom you can actually develop a relationship over the four or five days that you are there. I'm really seeing a lot of people uh, gravitating towards small hotels too. You know, um, for folks that are listening, if you haven't watched the uh, episode with Sarah on To Dine For, she is a self-proclaimed care evangelist. And she loves introducing the Caribbean, the Caribbean, to people who have never been and the the wonderful, amazing parts of the Caribbean that you, you might not know about. I We were in Anguilla. It sounds like you're heading to Aruba this summer. Yes. Can you talk about two Caribbean islands that the average person might not have traveled to that they should know about? Oh, yes, I can. That is a great question. Mm-hmm. Quite fortuitous because I have been to two places one new to me and one almost new to me this spring that I want to talk about. So they're both in the Dutch Caribbean. So listeners may or may not know that the Caribbean was colonized by the Spanish, the Dutch, and the French. Uh, was there anyone else? And the English. And the, Oh, God, how could I forget? And the English, right? So generally those four. And a lot of the islands, you know, continue that heritage today. So in the Dutch Caribbean, which is St. Martin, Aruba, which most people know about, but there's also St. Eustatius and there's also Saba. Saba? Saba, yes. Oh, I've never heard of Saba. Yeah, so Saba is, I think, seven square miles, no beach. It's <laughs> it's basically the peak of a volcano that rises up from the seabed. Oh, it's my one goodness. Of, yeah, it's a, it's a few minutes flight from St. Martin. It's one of those places, I've been there twice. The second time was just in February. And it's one of those places where the pilots have to have specific certification to land because the landing is so difficult oh dear so like said yeah like some parts <laughs> um, you know you literally it's it's as if you approach the island you see it and as if it, it feels as like the plane is just dropping so that it can get on the runway before the, the island ends oh it's wow crazy. it's for the adventure but, seeker yeah it's definitely yeah so it's not i wouldn't say it's for the first time caribbean visitor this is for someone who is Less of an enthusiast and more of a Caribbean expert. Want to do mm. something different. They've been to Aruba and Jamaica, St. Martin. They want to go somewhere different. So you get to say, but very small. A population, I, I think like less than 5,000 people. And it's known for its hiking. And the interesting thing about it is that technically, so there's a, the highest point on Saba, which I told you is the tip of a volcanic mountain. It's called Mount Scenery. And technically, Mount Scenery is the highest point in the Kingdom of the Netherlands because wow. it does it is still part of the Kingdom of the Netherlands. And so you go on this hike, and there are, I think, 14 or 15 guided hikes you can do on Saba, and you go on this hike to Mount Scenery, the highest. And there's a sign saying, you know, you're now at the top of the Kingdom of the Netherlands, right yeah. there in the Caribbean, which is bizarre. But it's just, it's a gorgeous place. It looks like a storybook. All the architecture, all the homes are um, little cottages with wooden fretwork around them, and they're all painted in either white or combinations of white, green, and red. I mean, you feel like it's like a little jigsaw puzzle, you know? Mm. It's just everywhere is so pastoral and pretty. Like I say, I think it's definitely worth going. You probably don't need to go more than three or four nights because it's so small. But if you're a diver or a hiker, it's a great destination to go to because both the diving and the hikes are amazing. Okay, that's a fantastic tip. I really love hearing about new places, especially you are the expert in the uh, Caribbean. We we touched on something that I thought was interesting. For someone who's never been to the Caribbean, mm. 
you said you said maybe you said Saba would maybe not be the place to go if you're a first time Caribbean goer. Right. Where would the best place to go if you're a first time? That is time? the easiest question ever, Kate. What Jamaica, is- Jamaica, 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 Jamaica. And here's why. Okay. Okay. I will preface this by saying that I lived roughly about half my life in Jamaica. My father is Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Your dad's but Jamaican, I, will, I remember. Yes, my dad's Jamaican. Mm-hmm. But let me just say, here's why I picked Jamaica. Jamaica is the total package. First of all, Jamaica is the largest English-speaking Caribbean island. And it has everything. It has mountains. It has rivers. It has beaches. It has a rich history, rich culture, rum, reggae. I mean, Jamaica gave the world Bob Marley, Usain mm-hmm. Bolt. Jimmy Cliff, Um, you know, Jamaica has amazing food. Don't go to Jamaica and not have the jerk, which is a type of spicy barbecue. Don't leave without having a patty, which is, you know, kind of like an empanada, but really the empanada wishes it was a patty, but it's a meat-filled pastry pocket, basically. And Jamaica gave the world red stripe for an island that is so small, 4,000 something square miles. When you think about the influence that Jamaica has had on the world and on popular culture, on sports, music, it's it's punches well above its weight class. So I always mm-hmm. say to people, if you've never been to Jamaica, go to Jamaica because there's so much to explore. You could stay there for two weeks mm-hmm. and still not see everything. And it just, just has a little bit of everything. I will say there are places that arguably have maybe better beaches or higher mountains or different cuisine. But if you want to get like the full Caribbean experience, yes. Jamaica is the place to go. Oh, I love it. That you heard it here first. That is some great advice. Is that also where you like to go to the KFC? Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) Yes. Jamaican KFC is the best. I'm not going to get into it here because I could wax lyrical forever. Go to my website, jacksetsarah.com, put KFC in the search bar. I've written about it, but Jamaican KFC is amazing and you must try it. Trust me, I, I want you to try local food, but I also want you to go into any KFC in Jamaica. And there are probably 14 or 15 of them. They open at 10 o'clock. Some of them have a line outside at 10 o'clock. I want you to go and I want you to order my test order, which is an original thigh and a biscuit. Ooh. And then come back to me and tell me it's not the best food. That is on my bucket life. list of things to do. Go yep. to Jamaica and have KFC in Jamaica. Oh, absolutely. An original. Because we have barbecue. An original. KFC yes. An so original. Have, original. Yeah. And is right. on my bucket list because of you. Yes. Good. Uh, good. You, yes. Won't, you won't regret it. What are the two, I, I say two, and that's a random number, but what's at the top of your list of places you haven't been that you'd really like to go, Caribbean mm. or otherwise? Ooh, okay. So in the Caribbean, there are a couple of islands that have escaped me so Mm. far. One is Mustique, which is Mm. in the Grenadines, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I've been to the other Grenadines. I've been to Canawan, I've been to Cariacou, blah, blah, blah. But I've never been to Mustique. Do they have hotels there or is it mostly residential? Mustique is mostly villas, but there is a small hotel there called the Cotton House. Okay. But I'll stay anywhere. I'll (laughs) stay anywhere on Mustique. I just would like to try Maybe that'll be your first Airbnb. Ooh, maybe, because that's going to be a fancy Airbnb on my seat, for sure. sure. That's not going to be the $99 a night one, for sure. (laughs) Um, And then, oh, also in the Caribbean, I have been to Dominica once, but Mm. it's the first time in my entire career of travel that I missed a connection. Well, I didn't miss a connection, but, you know, I didn't purposely miss it myself, but a connection was missed. And so what should have been, I think, a four-night stay ended up being like two and a half days. And so I didn't even get to scratch the surface of Dominica. But what I saw, mm. I loved, 
It's marketed as a nature island and it is no hype. It's just beautiful, naturally gorgeous. Mountainous, right? Very mountainous. Lots of volcanoes, lots of waterfalls, this thing called the boiling lake, mineral springs. Just, I really loved it and I would like to go back there. So that Mm. was number two. And then um, the rest of the world, oh my gosh, so many places. would love to go to both islands of New Zealand. I would love to go back to Tokyo. I went there for my 50th birthday and realized looking back that I was jet lagged the whole time. The entire time. As was I. I just kind of. I know. Right? I was the I same didn't way. I stay long enough. I was jet lagged. I felt like there was, you know, I was seeing everything through like a misty scrim a the fog. whole time I we was were there. All in a yes, fog. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And then it was time to come home. So uh, I'd like to go back to Tokyo and Switzerland. Uh. Really hoping to go to Switzerland because when I was, mm, remember, you remember the 1980s group Wham with George mm-hmm. Michael? Sure. Okay. So I think I was in college. I don't know. But I just remember that the video for, they had that song last Christmas and the video for last Christmas was John and Andrew Ridgely and their two backup singers. And it was shot in, it might not have been Switzerland, it might have been Austria, but some Alpine place in a little cottage with the roaring fire, the chalet with the roaring fire and the bearskin rug and the snowball fights outside. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's so romantic. I want to do that. (laughs) And so in my mind, that's Switzerland. And I want to go back. I don't want to ski in Switzerland. I want to go to Switzerland and just have that après-ski romantic experience. Well, just as you brought me into the dream that is Anguilla, and it was a dream, Mm. being there on Sandy Island, having the crayfish and the rum punch, it was like out of a movie, and it felt it, living it, it, and it feels it even more looking back on it. Mm. I would say Switzerland is going to be that for you. Yeah. Because Switzerland is a dream. Yes, you've been. It's a beautiful dream. I have, and it feels like that. It feels like that out of this body just spectacularly scenic experience that feels dreamlike. I can't wait to have it. Because, also because I just don't ever imagine myself like in mountains or surrounded by snow or by a roaring fire. You know, like that's not an image that I have of myself. So yes. It's going to be really interesting to to be there. Well, you were on a European cruise, I think a river cruise. And mm-hmm. it was, I want to say it was during a winter month because you were in a full length <laughs> And I said, this this is no. like uh, no, something Katie. about this does August. not fit. It was August. It was, <laughs> it August. was not. It wasn't. I just, it was. It was last August. It was on Amma Waterways and it was a cruise from Amsterdam to Zurich. And yes, I did have on a long coat because I was cold, even though it was August. It was some chilly mornings, Kate. But how did you think to bring it? If it was August, you thought to bring this long coat? Because I checked the weather, Kate. And anything <laughs> anything under 60 degrees for me is like, oh, I should have a coat. I should have a Whoa. coat. Well-prepared traveler. Know what, yeah. No, I don't want to be miserable. No, I would bring a coat and it's okay if I never use it. But just in case. Yes. You have a checklist. Clearly I wore it. If you yeah. saw, yeah, I do. If you saw both of me, I wore it. But yes, I, yeah. I, it was, that was fun. I'm a big fan of river cruising. I've just, that was my first and only river cruise, but I definitely, I recommend it highly. Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Cause it was just like, this is cognitive dissonance. Sarah belongs in the Caribbean <laughs> yeah. and instead she's on a river cruise with a long parka. I, and you're always yeah. in bright colors and you're never mm-hmm. in a coat. You're never in no. a coat. 
I'm never in a coat, but you'd be shocked to know how many coats, in fact, I'm looking at them right now. You'd be shocked to know how many coats there are in my wardrobe <laughs> because actually as just as a piece of outerwear, like yes. I like, I always like that third piece. So even when I travel to the Caribbean, you'll notice because I like to do my airport shots for Instagram. I always have a third piece on. There's always a jacket. It's usually a track suit jacket or I'm wearing a tracksuit, mm-hmm. but I like that third piece. I feel like it pulls things together. And here yes. in Miami, although we never need them, we get all the winter stuff. And then right. of course it's all dirt cheap in, you know, come January, February. Mm, and so I good fashion I scoop tip here. I, yes. yeah, I scoop all the bargains up for these very few <laughs> trips to temperate countries that I take. But yeah, I've got jackets, trust me. And also planes are cold and you need yes. something. Thank on. you. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love yes, this. Yes. retail rationalization yes, is, yes. is the name of the Planes game. are cold. You got to have something. <laughs> you have to have that third layer. So we are almost out of time, but I, I always start the podcast by asking people their favorite restaurant. Obviously you Ooh. and I have already dined at your favorite restaurant in the world in Anguilla. I'm wondering where you live in Miami. Do you have yes. a favorite spot in Miami that you are willing to share? I do. Am I allowed to have two? Yes, of course. Okay, I have two because I thought about this and I, there are two separate ends of the scale. So the first one, which is closest to me, is Enriqueta's. And Enriqueta's is a Cuban diner, very unassuming place, probably can't seat more than 30 people max between the tables and the counter. But it is a family-owned, has been for decades and still is a family-owned Cuban diner. Wow. There is no Enrique, there is no Enriqueta, by the way. The Cuban gentleman who bought it, who recently died, but he bought it, it was called Enriqueta for someone else. And it was in what was originally a very gritty part of Miami and now has become Wynwood and Midtown and is now very, very trendy and has tons of high rises around it. But right in the middle, they've never sold the land, they own the mm. land. And right in the middle is this teeny tiny restaurant, diner. It has a ventanita, you know, the, the window where yes. people go and get their Cuban coffees. Or you can go inside and eat. It doesn't open on a Sunday and it doesn't open past, I think, three o'clock in the afternoon. It's a morning and wow. lunchtime place. I like to go usually on a weekend after a run on a Saturday. And I like to have the omelette especial, which sounds like it should just be a special omelette, but it's an extra special omelette <laughs> with um, potato sticks in it, Ooh. tomatoes, bacon. It's sort of like, like almost like a Spanish tortilla, you know, yes. like a baked omelette. It's so good. And it comes with that crispy Cuban bread. Amazing. So uh, if I had to say one mm-hmm. at a very reasonable, accessible price point, I would say Enriquetas. Enriquetas. Enriquetas, yes, mm-hmm. with an E. And then my other one for something a bit more special at the other end of the scale is a restaurant in the design district of Miami. So it's not even five minutes drive actually from Enriquetas. But in the middle of the design district, which is very posh, all the designer brands, Hermes, Louis, Chanel, they're all there. The way the neighborhood has been set up there, it's around different courtyards. Mm -hmm. And in the Palm Court, there is a restaurant called Itame, Mm I-T-A-M-A-E. And it's outside seating only. And you're underneath, as you can imagine, the shade of beautiful palm trees. And you're eating Nikkei cuisine. Nikkei cuisine mm. is a blend of Japanese and Peruvian cuisine. And it's, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. There's a very small, I think it's 1% of the Peruvian population that actually is of Japanese origin. Japanese were involved in Peru 
way back when. And but they came up with their own cuisine. The Japanese diaspora came up with their own cuisine there. And it melds Japanese techniques with Peruvian ingredients. So you go there and it's sushi-esque. There's a lot of raw fish, but there's also a lot of corn. You know, them, yes, you know, they have a lot of corn in, in Peru. Amazing ceviche style food. Just really fresh, really good. It's on a ton of best restaurants in Miami list, but it's one that really deserves it. It lives up to the hype. The food stands on its own. It's a beautiful location, but honestly, if there were no location, if there were no beautiful people eating there still, the food itself really merits that. You, you got to go. It's amazing. Okay. I, I have, I'm, I'm salivating. I love <laughs> Japanese food. I love Peruvian. I'm trying to think, how do you do a Pisco sour with sake? And I, oh, and I sounds like a good idea. But I love, you know what I love is like, I ask so many people their favorite restaurant that only you comes up with the story, the history, the culture behind it that oh. gives a full picture. And especially with the first place, pl- tell me again, the first place's name. Enriquetas. Enriquetas, which really speaks to the Cuban culture and history of Miami. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that all this development happened around it and there it still stands. Yep. That it's reasonably priced, that it it has retained its heritage. I mean, you are a true master storyteller. And I just, oh, I'm so glad to know you. And I'm just so grateful for this conversation. This was so fun. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. It's always so good to talk to you and to share the Caribbean and Miami with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at To Dine For With Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National, Spiritless, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.